Hello and welcome to Zick and Wick episode 5. We are covering The Mandalorian episode 5, which is called The Gunslinger. Uh, I watched this basically an hour ago. Uh, Zach, did, when did you catch the show? I caught it about four hours ago, four or five hours ago. I don't know about you, but every time I pop on and turn on the Mandalorian, I get excited when I see the little intro. I don't know. It's I don't know why. I don't feel like I'm getting anything super special with this. It's just fun to watch, but I'm excited legitimately whenever I turn this on. <laughs> I, I, I agree. I Every time so it has that little button to skip recap and skip intro, I, I haven't skipped it yet. I always want to watch it. I usually do. This time I did not. And uh, I, I, for whatever reason, I enjoyed it. So, all right, we're gonna, just going to do the rundown, and we can add tidbits and side notes as we as we go forward. All right, so we begin the episode, and Mando is escaping from the, the past planet, uh, Skorkin, and he's being chased by a bounty hunter. It is clear that the bounty hunters are after Mando. Uh, so he's being chased in space. They're firing their blasters at him. Uh, he is trying to escape. Um, he slams on his brakes and blows up the pursuing bounty hunter. But but while the while it's all going on, he does get a couple. He does get hit a couple times, and his ship is definitely damaged. I think it totally blows out one of his engines. So he's got to go land basically at the closest planet. And it is Tatooine. So uh, on this note. Have we been back to Tatooine since the original trilogy? Yes, we have. In the um, uh, Rebels, there's an episode arc where Darth Maul goes to hunt down Obi-Wan. So obviously the very ending of that arc happens on Tatooine because it's only it's at the point that uh, Obi-Wan is older and looking over Luke from a distance. Um, so that's where Darth Maul finds him at. So. Yeah, we've been so there, but, ju- but just in cartoons, really. And actually, we've been there in books, too. Um, we've been there, and um, that's, uh, I think, it, some of the aftermath stuff, a little bit of stuff happens on Tatooine. I I always mix up Jakku and Tatooine, because it's just desert planets. Yeah. But I hadn't, I wasn't sure if we'd been back to Tatooine. But as soon as they say, um, oh, yeah, we're going to Moe's Eisley, I got to go, oh, my God, we're going back to yep. Tatooine. What does that yep. mean, potentially? Yeah, I got excited. I got excited about it too. When you hear it, you're like, "Oh, okay, we know what that planet is now. We know where we're going." I thought it was a little cheesy. Like he calls into air traffic control. I'm like, I don't think I've ever heard of air traffic control in the Star Wars universe, but it's yeah. Fine. No, they de- they definitely have had it before. They again, it's more in the comics and the books and the cartoons. They oh, actually think about um, Episode Five. Um, Empire Strikes Back when they go to Bespin, the um, the Cloud City, they've got to call into those guys. Um, yeah, so that's that's the that's a Cloud Planet though. This is this is Tatooine. I don't think you need any help landing your ship in in Mois Eisley. <laughs> yeah, huh? you gotta you gotta find an open spot somewhere. <laughs> no lack of open spaces in the desert. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, so I want to put a pin in that and just in my mind think what potentially is going down in Tatooine that we need to be aware of. Uh, maybe it'll come back to us later. So Mandy lands his ship on in Mois Eisley. He hides Baby Yoda in a special compartment. And as soon as Mandy gets out, a bunch of droids come to try and fix the ship. Mandy wants none of this. As we 
I, I forgot, but if you recall, Mandy does not like droids. It's been a few episodes, but I thought he had kind of gotten over it, but it turns out Mandy still does not like droids. Yeah, no, this is a, this is a lifelong, thing, lifelong thing from him, and it all goes back to the uh, the Separatist army, the droid, the battle droids attacking him and almost killing him, so I'm sure he's scarred for life. Did you notice that the droids, the they were the same little pit droids from episode one, the Phantom yes. Menace? So yes, I, I did that. The, the only thing that went through my head is we've talked about the CGI on this episode, on this show. It's good. It's not great. To me, this they looked really good. Um, I just think back, man, if you could have made the original trilogy with this kind of with the droids looking like this, with this kind of CGI, how much it I mean, you still can't get over some of the bad acting, but how much. How much more would have felt like real Star Wars if uh, if they could have done the the episodes one through three with this kind of technology? Yeah, I well, I think back then, whenever the original or the the prequels came out, the CGI and the tech that was used then was kind of groundbreaking, and it sucks because you know that George Lucas wanted to do the prequels because he wanted to push the limits of the tech. And clearly, it did make a difference. But going back and looking at it, it's not good enough. And we still judge it by, you know, today's standards versus going back and thinking about, you know, the groundbreaking technology he was implementing at the time. I think if the story and the characters and the acting was better overall, we'd be more forgiving. But because of, you know, all the different factors piling onto one another, we're still pretty critical of the prequels but i mean it's it's a tough situation but whatever yeah, yeah. i did i did like to see those when i saw the droids i was like oh those look familiar so the 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 droids are um owned by a mechanic the mechanic's name is i think it's pelly pele and she uh wants to fix up mandy's ship mandy offers her 500 imperial credits Apparently, Imperial credits are not that useful. They've lost their value. So Mandy says, okay, take care of what you can. I will find another job so we can pay you for the rest of the work you're going to do. So Mandy goes off. He finds another bar where everyone seems to be able to find work. And off in the corner, well, he speaks to a droid. So the droid that they use for the bar scene, I believe, is the exact same droid they're using at um, Galaxy's Edge. It's the same type model, at least from picture. I haven't been there, but from the pictures I've seen, I think it's the exact same. Um, oh, nice. Now, do, you did notice this is the exact same bar that from Episode Four, it's the most uh, most Eisley Cantina. That's why they kind of, when they first go into it, they kind of do the panning of all the different aliens. And but if you look, the table they go to is the exact same table that. Han and uh, Greedo have their oh. have their little conflict. It, to me, it, it it looked exa- it looked exactly like it. I thought they did a great job recreating the original canteen. I, man, this just looks like the same cantina, just with less people in it or just less creatures in it. I I figured it was a cantina, but I didn't. I wasn't paying as good attention as you apparently. So over in the corner is someone looking too cool for school. He calls Mando over. Um, if you take a look at him, he's wearing blue, and in, in my brain, I immediately recognized the blue as something that was familiar. Um, so we can put a pin on that later to talk about it later. He tells him his name is, is Toro Calican, and he offers him a bounty. 
Um, he shows him the the puck, and on the puck is the bounty, and the bounty is for someone named Fennec Shand. Apparently, she's an infamous hunt. Is she a bounty hunter? What does she do? She did something. I think she's, she's a mercenary. A, yeah, she's a mercenary. Okay, so she's a famous mercenary. Mandy thinks it's uh, unwise to pursue her. So Toro admits that he is a novice bounty hunter and he needs this bounty in order to get into the guild for whatever reason mandy thinks he should help this person get into the guild i wasn't sure about why he decided to help this person and you know if mandy is in trouble with the guild why would he want to reconnect with them yeah that's a good question um yeah that is one thing that's one theme throughout a lot of these episodes is they don't really he he's very accepting of whatever kind of comes his way he doesn't really question it don't know if that's just a character flaw if that's just they're just moving the story along but everything like saving the village he just accepts it going and getting the egg the sukasuka he just accepts it he kind of just accepts everything um, yeah so. i don't i don't know if that's a flaw in the storytelling or if that's just his character it makes me yeah. wonder but right yeah I'll chalk it up to him trying to be a good guy. Uh, But I wouldn't associate the bounty hunters or people who want to be bounty hunters as good people. Yeah. And I guess, I mean, it could be the same thing I mentioned earlier. It could just go all, go all the way back to what happened in the clone wars, how he got, he got saved by somebody. um, And maybe it's just his lifelong mission to, even though he's a bounty hunter, he's just doing that for money. Otherwise he's trying to, help people out wherever he can could just be something as simple as that okay so mandy accepts the the offer to he will take all the money from the bounty and toro will get the admission into the guild um mandy asks for the tracking fob from toro and toro breaks it i don't know why why he breaks it i think it's because mandy would have been able to track down the bounty hunter by himself if he had the fob um yeah it could be i'm not sure why it seemed a little reckless anyways manny goes back to the ship and he freaks out when he sees baby yoda isn't there he sneaks off or he gets off the ship and he finds pele and baby yoda are sleeping pele wakes up he says you know what you shouldn't leave baby yoda uh, on a ship by himself all right so the bounty hunter turns out toro is Karelian. um and I thought I thought that that was where Lando was from, but it's not. It's where it's where Han is from. Right. And the other refer the other reason he made that reference is because the the speeder bikes are pieces of junk, and all like all the best all the best ships are made on Corellia. So that was kind of where that reference was coming from. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for clearing that up. Toro provides him with two speeders, and they come up on some Tuscan Raiders. Um, they need to negotiate to get across the Tuscan territory. Uh, Mandy uses some sign language to speak with the Tuscans and gives them Toro's binoculars for safe passage across the territory. That was a weird break in the action. You, what were you going to say? Is there something, a reason for this? Yeah, and I'll, I'll get to what I thought about this episode at the end. But this was a, um, if you think about how the they approach the Tuscan Raiders, it's the exact same thing that happens in episode four. It, 
Luke and the and the droids when they're going after Obi Wan, they come up on some from a distance. They're looking at him through binoculars, and then when he looks at his binoculars, there's some standing right next to him and knock him out. So yeah. It's just... Okay. So yeah, I thought that was a weird break in the action, but we can get into that later. Okay. They get to a sand dune, and Toro's definitely making himself known to be a noob. They spot a dewback with the marauder fallen off the dewback but still attached to it and they're trying to scope it out um turns out the the person that's fallen off the dewback is another bounty hunter when mando is investigating the the body uh, he gets shot at from a distance clearly this was a trap being laid by fennec so fennec is shooting at mando toro is still back on the dune um how does mando get back to the dune safely he just runs back yeah he just basically ran back because at the very end he she shoots him again in the back he basically yeah he runs back to the sand dune with toro and they have a discussion basically says you know I, we, we can't attack her right now she has the high ground zach mm-hmm. she has the high ground and nothing trumps the high ground all right there's <laughs> absolutely nothing that can beat the high ground <laughs> everybody knows that the high ground cannot be cannot be trumped even if you are darth vader (laughs) that is absolutely right okay so they wait until night they say we can we can attack her at that point uh mandy takes a nap wakes up um so they come up with a plan and the plan is to charge fennec and use um some bright flares to blind her as they charge. So they they do this. They get on their speeders, they charge towards Fennec, and they blast their flares as they approach Fennec. Between flare shots, she's able to get off a few few rounds towards um, Mandy, and it kind of knocks them off the the speeder. The speeder blows up, but Toro's able to continue the charge towards her. Um, Toro gets up to Fennec, and while Mandy is drawing her attention, she shoots Mandy, and it, it looks like he's been knocked out. Um, so Toro and Fennec get into a little bit of a, a, a battle. Fennec is winning this battle, puts him into an arm bar, and just as we think she's going to break his arm, Mandy sneaks up and um, ends this impasse. So we, we have a conversation with Fennec, and she reveals that she is supposed to meet up with the guild at Navarru. Apparently, that's the planet where the guild has their little HQ or that bar where Mandy keeps returning. Well, where he used to return to get yeah, bounties. I think this may have been the first time they said the name of the planet. I, I don't remember hearing it before. Yeah, I didn't re- realize what it was initially when she said Navarro. I'm like, am I supposed to know what this is? And then they mentioned she's meeting up with the guild. So something is a brew. Um, if there's a bounty for her, but she's also going back to Navarro, what does that mean? My best guess is that she knows about the bounty on the Mandalorian, and that's why she's she, she knows. She, I don't know if she's going to check in, or she knows she's about to get them, or something's getting ready to happen. Okay. Well... She admits, I'm about to go meet up with, at Navarru. You can let me go. Toro does not care. He wants to bring her in to get 
In order to get Fennec back to Moise Eisley, they need at least two speeders. Uh, Mandy says, okay, let me go find that do-back, or let us, you can go find that do-back and bring it back to us, and we can use that to bring her to Moise Eisley. Toro's like, no, thank you, sir. I am not letting this bounty go. I'm going to keep her close. You can go get the do-back and bring it back here, and we're right off together. While Mandy is gone, Toro talks to Fennec some more, and Fennec admits to him that, hey, you know, the guy that you're with is a Mandalorian. He is probably the bounty hunter that got into an issue with the and they're coming after him and this bounty that he possesses that he did not bring in, which is Baby Yoda. She says to Toro, you know, Mandy and Baby Yoda are worth much more than me as a bounty. Toro seems to accept and he approaches her. Uh, as he does, he shoots her dead. The weird thing that happens here is that he shoots her and leaves her out in the desert in the middle of nowhere. He could have brought her back as well as Mandalorian and Baby Yoda to collect um, both bounties, but whatever. I, I, I think earlier in the episode they did say that when they were in the fight that she wasn't worth anything dead, so she must be a must be a live bounty. That's the only thing I could think of on that one. Uh, okay, okay. Well, they leave her body behind. Well, she Toro leaves her body behind and goes back um, somewhere. We don't know where, but he goes. He leaves the body. Mandy returns and sees that the body is there and she's dead. So uh, Mandy returns back to Moise Eisley on a do-back, and he heads back to his ship. We don't know where Toro is. Uh, turns out Toro is on the ship, and he has the mechanic and Baby Yoda um, held hostage. I am very concerned because Baby Yoda needs to be protected at all costs. So Mandy puts his hand behind his head. The mechanic is let go. The mechanic goes behind Mandy to, I think, to presumably tie his hands behind his back while Toro holds onto Baby Yoda. And we see that Mandy has something in his hand. It is another one of the flares. Um, he lights off the flare it blinds Toro, and Mandy is able to shoot Toro. Baby Yoda flies off somewhere. Don't know where he goes for a second. Everyone's concerned. Turns out Baby Yoda's fine. He landed somewhere. I guess maybe he used the Force, but he landed safely. Um, and Toro is dead. So Mandy, I think, um, paid off, pays off the mechanic with a bunch of gold and other precious metals that he found, I those might have been the credits that he... So after uh, he kills off... I always want to say Kaz, but that wasn't a Toro. Anyways, um, I think those are the credits he stole from him. Um, those are the ones that he pays, uh, pays the mechanic off with. Okay. Okay, so this is pretty much the end of the episode. Mandy gets back on the ship with Baby Yoda. They fly... I don't know where they're going to, but they take off and... We, we cut to Fennec's body. Somebody is approaching it, and they kneel down, but they do not show this person's face. Do you have any idea who this could be? It yeah, this be, is a, 
I'm 90% sure this is Gus Fring, uh, Giancarlo's. Anyways, it's Gus Fring from Breaking Bad. That's I'm pretty sure that's who it is because they haven't introduced him yet. We've only got a few episodes left to go. Um, I, I have a feeling he's going to be the main big baddie going towards the end. Okay. Did you notice that the actress who played Fennec, do you know who that was? Um, I definitely recognized her. I couldn't like I couldn't place her in a movie. Um, she may. So I know who she is. She, uh, I, I recognized her as well, but I couldn't put my finger on it. So mm-hmm. I, I googled her afterward, and that her name is um Mengan Wen, and mm-hmm. she's from Macau. Uh, she's in Mulan. I think she's in. Uh, I need to look up, look it up. But she's in a bunch of Disney stuff. See, that's I actually recognize her face. Um, I'm. I want to say I'm looking it up right now as we're talking, but I also want to say that she's um. She's in a show like Grey's Anatomy. Something my wife watches. Um, like I've seen her face. She's in. Um, she's in ER. She's in ER. ER. Okay, that's it. I knew. It, I knew it was something like that. Um, she's that, that's, also in Agents of Shield. Okay. Yep. That's. Um, yeah, I've never watched the show, but I, I can picture her in some of the commercials for that. So, how did you feel about this episode? Um, this was probably my least favorite of the episode so far. I really feel like there, while the other ones, I, I, I mentioned the term, uh, filler episodes, but even on those, there's still a lot of character development. I didn't really feel like there was any character development on this one. It was more, it was kind of more of the same. There's more Mandy's in a tricky spot. He's got to find a way to get out of it. Um, and just everything goes from there. It's, it, it really just felt like, a lot of callbacks to the, which there were cool callbacks. I mean, we talked about the droids, we talked about the cantina, the, the space, the spaceport at Mos Eisley, the speeder bikes. I mean, there was just a lot of very star Warsy stuff in it, but it was just like, it was almost, this was definitely a fan service episode. It didn't feel like it advanced the story much at all. The, my issue with it is that it's repeating the same beats that yeah. we've seen over and over again, whenever he goes off on these missions. Yep. Um, and I did uh, a little bit of Googling to see what was going on. And it turns out a lot of news outlets and bloggers um, are getting a little frustrated with the fan service stuff and also just the relying on cute baby Yoda stuff to, to as the main point of intrigue. Um, right. And I, was, I wasn't frustrated by it, but again... You know, I think these episodes are short. This one was, I think, was like 34 minutes or so. So they're not long, but I'm getting to the point where I'm getting bored with the same plot points and story beats over and over again. Yeah, I think we're we really need a big reveal or a big uh, setup set setup piece sometime in the next uh episode or two because yeah it's just it does kind of feel like things are starting to drag along a little bit we need to we need something something big to happen in the next episode or two i feel like it's coming i think that's kind of what the the very end of this episode set up um so i think it's i think it's coming either the next episode or the episode after that if i just had to take a guess yeah i agree i think they've been setting up a lot of stuff and it's time for that to come through and right. well, and what and kind of to go along with what you said, we're I think we're being pretty uh, kind of overly critical about it because if you think what you said, these are thirty to forty minute episodes. If this was Game of Thrones, we'd be 
in the middle of the third episode and we're on episode five so it's like yeah this is if you think about it that way there hasn't been a ton of content yet um to really get bored with um so i mean i haven't been bored in any of these episodes um i am just ready for something something big to happen it does make me wonder like if we were binge watching this how would our viewing experience differ like we'd be like you said this is episode five and so we'd be in like the two and a half to three hour mark yeah but we'll ne- because we'll never know generally when when something in my view is week to week something big or interesting needs to happen every week in order to get people to watch the following week i and agree i agree thus far you know we've had cute things and baby yoda's been keeping this afloat um but i think between this week and next week uh disney's gonna need to deliver on something more than just baby yoda memes because i don't even know if there's going to be anything that comes out of this episode specifically that's it that's very cute the big baby yoda meme from last week was the turning the radio the soup there was yeah there was a soup and the the turning the radio on and off oh yeah 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 they're really they actually kind of toned down to me they toned down baby yoda in this episode compared to the last couple they toned it down but like he's not doing anything cute However, the mechanic is like, you know, is enamored by Baby Yoda. She just wants to hold him and play with him and talk about him. And it there's a few minutes in the episode where we're basically just watching the mechanic take uh, take care of Baby Yoda right. or at least get excited about it, which is, I mean, whatever. It's fine, but it doesn't really, it's not necessary for the story. Yeah, this one, um, also, I don't think you mentioned yet, it was directed by Dave Filoni. Um, I think this is the second one he's directed. I believe he directed the first one and this one. Uh, first one was definitely much stronger. Um, I mean, you had the big reveal in the first episode, so um, that was a much stronger episode than, than this one, in my opinion. He actually wrote this episode, too. All the previous episodes were written by John Favreau. Okay. Well, that's interesting. I didn't I didn't realize that. So, and the other reason I bring up um, I bring up filler material from time to time is Dave Filoni, for as awesome as he is, he made his name in in animation. They had a ton of episodes. There were a ton of episodes of Clone Wars. There were a ton of episodes of of um, Rebels. They had some high, high highs in that in those uh, cartoons. Um, like they had some some of my favorite Star Wars moments ever. But there was some serious filler that they put in between. And those, I mean, Dave Filoni was responsible for that. So that's why I kind of, I made the, I make the connection on this one too. Okay, so next episode is uh, directed by Rick Pumayiwa. He's he's a Nigerian-American director. And he's actually one of the up-and-coming directors of the last few years. He directed a movie called Dope, which was very fun. Um... And he's, I think he's slated to do a few, a few movies coming up that are in high regard. The Flash. Oh yeah, he's the one that's supposed to be doing the Flash, but he may have. Oh, you know what? I think he dropped off that project. Oh shoot. Um, but I think he's been attached to a few things, um, and obviously he's directed an episode of Mandalorian. But more interesting is the story is. Of the, for the next episode is 
is credited to Christopher Yost. The teleplay is written by Christopher Yost and Rick Fumayua. So this is the first episode that's not directed by or sorry, written by John Favreau or Dave Filoni, um, which is, I think, is a kind of a big deal because they're basically going outside of the Star Wars universe. So something is going to happen in this episode that is a little bit, it's going to be surprising. It's going to be different from what we're expecting. That's what I anticipate. That's good because I think that's what we're all ready for. And so episode seven is, is directed by... Deborah Chow, and she's already directed an episode, the third episode, which is, I think, the one that we have liked the most so far. Yes, yep, the and, and Taika Waititi is directing uh, episode eight. So we're going back to safe territory with Taika and Deborah, and John Favreau writes the, the last two. But I think if we're going to see a twist, if we're going to see something interesting and unique, it's going to be in the next episode. Let's do it. I'm ready for it. All right. Uh, Zach, anything else you wanna you wanna comment on? No, I, I mean I always when I watch these I always write out a couple notes as I'm going just for things to talk about, and unfortunately this is the one I wrote the least about, so just yeah. wasn't yeah, it wasn't I, super intriguing to me. Yeah. Okay. Well, this has been Zick and Wick. Thank you for listening, and we hope you have a great weekend. Hope to see you next week. See you later. <laughs>